Welcome to About the Wine Lens. In this show, we will be chatting to leaders, influencers, wine producers, restaurants, and other role players. Tune in every week for our latest episode. You will find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram TV, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to About the Winelands. Today, I'm speaking to Emeke van der Meelen. Emeke is the owner of Atelier Studios Antiques in Somerset West. Welcome to About the Winelands, Emeke. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time in your busy day um, to come and talk to us. So um, we are used to um, a lot of our, our podcasts are with wineries, but we are, you know, want to speak to all uh, businesses in the winelands. So, um, Emeke, if you could tell us a little bit about um, uh, yourself, how did you um, get involved in this business and a bit of a history of the business? Okay, yes, I started the business um, in, in Europe, of course, because that's where I started, that's where I was trained for seven years, and into uh, um, furniture restoration, gilding, and polychromy. And it was a seven-year study, and after that, I opened a lot of schools. One was in the States, two in Brussels, and now here as well. Wow, that is amazing. So, so uh, what does your business actually do? We restore antique furniture, but not only antiques. And that I want to make a point that people realize that when I talk about antiques, I'm basically talking about fine wood furniture. Mm -hmm and antiques as well, of course. And we've been working here, when I came here in 1990, um, we um, started with um, uh, restoring straight away and started with the museums and restored most of the museums here in the Cape and some museums in, 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 in uh, Gauteng. And um, yeah, from there, it just went went on and on. Now we're doing a lot of private clients as well, because as you know, that most museums don't have money anymore. They cannot afford it anymore. So most of the good furniture, and I'm talking about Cape Dutch furniture, is down in the cellar in a, in a beautifully looked after premises, but still they don't have, have money to uh, restore today. So now it's more, more private and private collections. Well, that is amazing. How long have you been doing this in South Africa? In South Africa since 1990. Okay, so it's a long time. So um, I would assume that um, that uh, some of your private clients would be um, since since that time. You know, since the wine, we have started a lot of wineries um, yes. have been restored and places like this. Um, do you have any interesting um, clients that you can mention, or interesting places that you restored? Well, all the, the wine farms, basically, they have old furniture in their state mm -hmm. homes. And, uh, and, and it's a mixed, mixed, mixed group of furniture. So uh, Cape Dutch, of course, and a lot of um, um, English furniture and other things, depending where they are. And basically, I, I've restored most probably all of it, except for those, again, that have been sold in the meantime. And... Um, some wine farms have been sold by Distel, worked for Distel for many, many years, but independently, obviously. They asked me to restore their, their uh, collections. 
Wow, that is unbelievable. So it sounds like you don't have a lot of competition around. Well, um, obviously I have. Unfortunately, and why I say unfortunately is, is uh, I'm the only one in this country that does museum restoration. In other words, we use only natural products. We only use, we take nothing from, from the counters, everything we make ourselves. So um, the polishes, the waxes, the um, everything to do with restoration and carpentry and, and, and yeah, construction rather. Well, it sounds like you have a very big personal interest in this. Um, do you feel a personal yes. responsibility towards heritage um, and um, history? Very, very much so. Because um, that is why um, um, antique furniture in general um, is so important. When I came here, I had to really educate the people because, you know, somebody had a, had a, a piece of furniture that their grandmother bought and all that, and they expect that to be antique because they, the grandmother was antique, let's put it that way, not her furniture so much. But, um, and just to educate people that although it's wood, wood is very, very important. It, and, and the wood that was used for old furniture was of course very good quality woods. Most of those woods don't exist anymore. And especially when you talk about Cape Dutch, there was a lot of, of uh, Far Eastern woods also. And those we don't find here. And those are basically all gone by now. We've been ransacking the forests and, and all that, and we don't have those woods anymore. That's why it's so important to restore, and not only restore, but to maintain and to get, take good care of them. And most people don't, don't think much about it because they think it's dead, the tree is dead, but it's of course not dead. Wood is always um, still alive. Let me, in, in other words, it takes humidity out of the air and uh, so it moves all the time. So therefore the finishes on top of it and the way you have to restore must be with plant products. So not no synthetic products, let's put it that way. There's so many synthetic products and that's why my competition basically are what we call commercial restorers. So they don't make their own polishes, they buy these things and all those products have synthetic in them, which looks fantastic when he brings it back to the client but um, it won't last and the wood will dry out and it will start cracking. And we think, oh, well, that's because it's antique. It's not that. Antiques are of very good quality and made from beautiful trees that were mature enough to, to cut. Today, we cut the trees down before they mature and that gives a mm. lot of shrinkage again and it will look shiny and beautiful, but it will start cracking after a while, and especially in this climate. You know, South Africa, for instance, when I came in 1990, I was so surprised that um, uh, in, in Bloemfontein, Welcome, all those places, it might be something like um, 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 five degrees or 10 degrees during the evening. And then all of a sudden at about 12, it would be 11 or 12, uh, uh, it would be um, twice that, that, that figure. So in other words, the wood has to move, even in your house. All our museums have the front door and the back door open so that it welcomes the, the, the visitors, which is fantastic. But um, you must give it a reliable humidity level and not the sun. And even these dry winds in the Cape, we have these dry, dry, dry winds and the next day it's raining. So you can imagine the fluctuating relative humidity level. And that old furniture cannot take unless it's being treated for that and maintained properly because basically then 
the older the wood, the less it moves. So therefore it can be quite stable, not if you put it in the sun, of course, and not if you um, leave your window wide open and it's just been raining and all that. So those things are extremely important, more important than the, the shine of the piece of furniture. The most important thing is that it stays intact. So this sounds yeah. very technical, and I've noted a few technical terms on your on uh, you know when when I when I look through this stuff. Uh, yeah. What hydro hygroscopic mean? Hygroscopic is a technical term. It basically means that wood absorbs humidity and gives it off. It breathes, as we we say in 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 proper proper um, English. So one day it will be shrinking a little bit. The next day it will expand because of the rain. And that is a hygroscopic means it takes on water. Oh, that's interesting. You were talking about, you know, the different trees and woods. Um, if you're at home and you have a piece of furniture and you don't know which, you know, which wood is it made from or something mm. like that, is there a way to, to recognize that? Where can you get some help? Yes, this? but it's very, very difficult. The scientific way is by actually cutting across the end grain and then taking a microscope and you can see exactly what wood it is. But we, we can't start cutting up furniture to check the wood. By now, I, I've been doing this for about 55 years already. So I recognize, and I was trained, of course, in all the, most of the woods and in all different countries. So I can, I can sort of look at it and look at the pattern of the wood and I can see how old that wood is and I can see um, what wood it is, and is it tropical, or is it subtropics, or is it uh, European, or what it is. But that uh, takes a long, long, long time. But it is important, actually, if you buy something that you know what wood it is, so you know how to care for it. And uh, we don't only restore, we maintain and we conserve the, the, the wood. So, um, for instance, I can just give an example there. If you have a chest of drawers, don't worry about the outside. If you see a crack on the outside, that means that the crack always starts on the inside of the piece. Nobody thinks of looking after the inside mm. of the piece. And that's where the crack will start. So if you have a, a, a big crack on the outside, put your hand in on the car, in the carcass and feel on the inside, and you'll see the crack is much bigger. So that is why that's also maintenance, that you, you, you wax and you oil your insides of your, your your pieces, also to avoid woodworm and fish moths and all those insects we've got in this country. Um, and that will, with the oiling and the waxing, that will avoid um, these animals creeping in there and, and making holes and that sort of thing. So that's where you start. And then you go towards the outside. Because obviously, um, if the carcass underneath the veneer, and you know what veneer is, mm -hmm. many pieces have a carcass, let's say made of oak, and then on top of that, because oak is not so beautiful, they would glue um, 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 mahogany or whatever beautiful wood on, on, on the outside. So if the carcass moves, then obviously your veneer is gonna crack. It's glued on top of it. Although the glues we use are all animal glues, so they're not, um, uh, you know, those quick fix glues and those glue guns and all that, and we use a, a variety of um, animal glues, like fish, like sinews, like bone, like parchment, um, and, and all that. And that moves. 
So whichever glue you use, if you have a, a carcass, a, a, a strong carcass that might move a lot in a dry climate, then obviously use the glue that is the, the most flex, flexible. And sometimes the veneer is not wood, but can be, it can be um, um, tortoiseshell, for instance. And that tortoiseshell is dead. Nothing happens to the tortoiseshell. So if your carcass moves too much underneath, it will crack the, the tortoiseshell. So, but fortunately, we are very fortunate in this country. Um, and that's why it's become very much my favorite style. And that's the Cape Dutch style because they have very little veneer. It's mainly solid woods like your uh, um, uh, pine, like your teak, like your, uh, um, um, all the beautiful woods as well, yellow wood, all those things. And a lot of far Eastern woods because they, in the Cape, they um, obviously as ballast in the ships mm -hmm. from Indonesia or from the far East to, 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 to the round the Cape, they, um, 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 used lots of wood as ballast on the ship. So we got ebony, we've got coromandel, all in Cape Dutch furniture. And it's because it's solid, it's easy to look after and maintain much more than the glue and the veneer on the outside. This is pure solid woods and beautiful construction, very simple constructions, um, um, the old constructions. We didn't move like Europe with new constructions and all that it was basically your your uh, um, um, tenon and and uh, mortise and tenon construction, um, and we used uh, um, pegs, and those things that are pegged are not glued because the peg holds holds mm -hmm. it together. So less glues, less um, fragile uh, things that can go wrong. So it's very very easy to look after Cape Dutch furniture. Wow, this is amazing. You obviously, I mean, the only way to, to actually, um, um, you know, if I want to recognize if I have good furniture or, or want to know how to do this, I need to come to an expert like you. So this is my next question. Do you offer any courses or services um, that yes. can help people, um, um, you know, to either recognize this or, you know, how do you help people? Um, they they furnish and they say, come and have a look at my piece, can you restore it, whatever. And then we tell them all about the piece, how old it is, what it's called, what woods are used. Um, and then we have also the products that we sell. We've got about seven or eight different products that we make ourselves from waxes, resins, and, 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 and all that. And uh, we mix it up for, for particular, for that particular wood and for that particular construction or what it is. So uh, we do that for them, or and we can teach them. Yes, I've had uh, I've had two restoration schools in Brussels, and one oh. in in the States, and um, I sold them all now, of course, because I'm living here now. Um, but I did many many courses here for the museums as well, for the uh, um, people that work there, and for the people that look after it. And um, yes, and basically, I mean, if you talk about the Ezekiel museums and those those museums. Uh, we've restored all their pieces, even in in uh, all, all their museums, all over all over the country. So um, yeah, and it's it, it's fascinating because you have to understand wood to be able to be a good restorer. You must know how it moves. You must know what uh, um, temperature uh, you have to keep it. And it's not completely because it's solid wood. It is not so fragile 
as our European pieces with a veneer. I've said that before. So it's very easy to look after your Cape Dutch, but you have to look after it, not only the outside, if that gets a bit dull, that doesn't matter. It has to do with the, the inside of the cupboard, has to do with the outside, that it doesn't lose its color as well. Because here, if you have, we have tremendous ultraviolet damage and it's the ultraviolet is, not, is, is cumulative. In other words, if you have something standing next to your window and the sun beats on that, even if it's for five minutes, it's cumulative. Tomorrow it will be another five minutes and it adds up. And then eventually your mahogany's or let's put it uh, a cape, a cape um, woods. So your yellow wood, your, your stink wood, your uh, ebony, all that starts to become very, very um, um, soft and, and not the, the bright colors it should be for a healthy piece of wood. Well, that's awesome. Um, Imke, it made me think of something, you know, that, you, that you're saying, you, 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 you've got a restoration school and sometimes, um, you know, uh, it, I mean, some of these things sometimes get lost um, for the younger generation. Are we, training, are we training people in, um, you know, in these um, crafts at the moment? We are not, and you know, um, <clears throat> unfortunately, um, people take a course for one morning or for three weeks, one morning, um, and they think now they know it all. You don't. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, if you, you train them, you have to educate them, number one. Educate them that this is not uh, oak, but it's rather elm or something else. And um, train them and educate them how to look after wood. You know, we all have those cupboards that we open the door and all of a sudden it's sticking, sticking, it's not opening properly. That means somewhere in that carcass on the inside, there is a, a crack somewhere or what, and that has to be filled in with wood again, and not with just glue or something like that. And that is the education of looking after it. Everybody looks after the outside because they want it to look bright and shiny and all that. That's not necessary. As long as you do the inside of the cupboard properly and you, the outside, you put a proper wax on or a pro proper resin, but all natural. It has to be plant, plant um, mooties. You know what I mean by mooty medicine. Plant mm -hmm. things that made are out of wood itself and or that moves with the wood. Because if you have a, um, um, a quick fix uh, glue, it doesn't move with the wood around it. See, it stays solid, the, the, the glue. We make such fantastic glues today. They're actually horrible. And for us to restore and take that glue off is very, very difficult. Whereas all our natural um, um, ingredients um, are made from wood, work with the wood, and is allowed to be elastic. So it, it's, it's like a rubber inside a crack, and it just moves with the wood. We've got, we've got furniture in, in, in the museums that are actually unbelievable. I remember once I had to show around the museums, I had to show somebody from, from England, a very good restorer, mm -hmm. and um, I showed him Cape Dutch style. He wasn't very impressed because they were not beautiful um, 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 uh, escutcheons or whatever there, and he thought it was quite simple. And eventually after the day that we spent together, he realized how fantastic Cape Dutch furniture is. It's still very, unknown in the world, although in this country, when I came here in 1990, there were a lot of people going back to England or wherever 
and especially Germans and Dutch, um, they used to buy Cape Dutchie and it was cheap, very cheap. And um, there, then you can still see Cape Dutch in museums in, in, in Europe, especially in, in Holland. And um, it is um, so, it is simple constructions, but so good, sometimes not using any glues and just pegs. And they were square pegs, of course, you couldn't make round pegs in those days because it was all hands, handmade, but it had to be reversible. So if I have to restore um, a, a door and at the corners of the door, you have some pegs. All I have to do is just knock those pegs out and make a new peg because all wood shrinks as it ages, like we people, we also shrink. My mom was so, so, so small, I had to bend down to see her. <laughs> but um, so that, that's the same with wood, it moves, it moves. So you have to keep it, keep it uh, um, 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 well fed. And that we do with combination of, of oils and waxes. Well, this is awesome. So, you know, what, what, what you make me think of when you talked about the guy in the UK is that, you know, furniture tells a story and Absolutely. it also tells our history of, of, of South Africa and, you know, especially like Absolutely. you say, Cape, the Cape Dutch furniture. Um, yeah. but, but in places like England and Europe, a lot of those stories are recorded. This is something yeah. that, that we might miss here in, you know, especially in the Winelands. It seems like a lot of our stories are lost. How do you feel about that? Very bad. And that's again the education. I've just finished a book on Cape Dutch furniture, and that mentions all the how to buy it, how to look after it, and how to recognize it, and, um, and how to, to, to maintain it. And all those things that we've been speaking about now is all in the book. Also how to recognize it and, 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 and so on. So it's basically a guide to Cape Dutch furniture. And if people want to buy the book, they must just get hold of me and um, I can supply them. I was just wanting to ask you, that. how do people, if they're interested in the book, um, um, is there somewhere that they can get hold of you? But I suppose but we, we not... put links in the description of the podcast where people can get hold of you, right? Yes. Um, um, and what, what do you want? Telephone numbers or addresses or both? Yeah. We'll, um, okay. we'll, get, we'll go get all of that from you afterwards. I will make sure okay. that people can get all of it. What is the name of your book, um, Imaka? Yeah. What is the name of your book? It's a guide to Cape Dutch furniture. Guide to Cape Dutch furniture. Okay, that's awesome. So yeah. um, I'll talk to you a bit more afterwards um, um, and we'll get some more information because I think lots of people after hearing this might be interested in your book. And like I said, you know, we need to tell the stories of, um, you know, what is, uh, uh, what, you know, what is going on, which brings me to, to the thing is your, what do you feel is your, um, your legacy and your um, personal contribution um, to this unique and um, rare craft? Um, that's why I started the book, because everybody wanted, wanted to know. So the book is there. It is a cheap. It's about 200 bucks, I think. And um, it, it has many pictures. It uh, tells about the construction. It tells you how to buy, what to look at, what not to buy, how to take care of it. Um, everything that questions that I've had. So they can, they can phone us and I'll go on our website. They'll see it on the website and I'll give you that later. Um, and um, yes, and they can buy it from me as well. So personally, I've still got a lot of books here. That's awesome. 
Um, if we could just something else is you also mentioned that antiques are a contribution um, to the green movement. And, yes. Um, can you tell us a bit more about your feelings yeah. on that? Yeah. You know, um, um, as you know, and we often see this on television, all these beautiful old woods that are, 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 are cut down for, I don't know, for all kinds of things. We have hardly anything left. I'll tell you a story that in Neisner, um, I went to see somebody who actually sells wood and he had a variety of Cape Dutch um, um, woods. And um, he said to me, you know what? Neisner is known for its yellow wood. And everybody thinks Neisner is yellow wood. He says there is no more yellow wood left. So oh in other words, what we're buying as yellow wood is, or an antique of yellow wood, is most probably floorboards and they make a table out of it. You can see that immediately by um, the, the old nails that were in there, which is oxidized, it's become black, black spots on it. Um, and um, now they, they're buying yellow wood, they still sell yellow wood, but it's not yellow wood, it's pomarfum. Pomarfum is a wood, a Brazilian, a Brazilian wood that it looks very much like yellow wood, but is not, and is not as strong as yellow wood. Do they so, plant uh, this in, in Eisner, these um, Brazilian woods? Sorry? Them? Where does it come from? Do they actually cultivate it in Eisner? Do they farm it? Do, where does this no, no, nothing's been done anymore. There are some old yellow woods. You can see them every day, even in the Cape. Um, but they are just too immature still to cut. Mm -hmm. And um, we've got uh, quite a few yellow woods, different, different varieties of yellow wood. But they're all small still. The antiques were made out of wood that was mature. In other words, that had a, a massive uh, um, a trunk, wide trunk, and grew very slowly. We didn't have these, these uh, um, weather uh, things that we have now that one day it's hot and the next day it's cold. We don't have that. They didn't have that before because it was all in a forest, was protected by other trees. And uh, yeah, and nobody knows the difference between palmarfum and yellow wood. Only if you are, you've got a trained eye for that, otherwise you wouldn't know. But they sell it to you on the streets on, and in shops and all that as yellow wood. And I've got a coffee table here that uh, my business partner bought, and she um, and it's made out of um, out of floorboards. As I said, the old houses when they they go, yellow wood gets gets sold, and that gets sold very very quickly. And with a couple of planks of yellow wood, I can make you a beautiful yellow wood table. But usually you see that they don't have the uh, yellow wood legs because um, they don't have enough yellow wood. They just have planks that came from floorboards, as I said. So, um, yeah, it's not genuine anymore. And that's why you have to look after your antiques. And we really have a tremendous heritage of, of our woods and our furniture and the history, as you mentioned before. And we have to look after it. We must educate our children. The children don't want to take over your antiques. It's too brown, it's too dull, and what they take, they'd rather buy a, a, a stainless steel chair with plastic inside and all that, because they want to be modern. But it's the, it's the duty of the, of the parents to explain to them where it comes from, what woods they are, what trees there are. Our nature here in South Africa is fantastic. Beautiful trees, indigenous trees as well. We don't recognize them. Nobody can tell me 
what, what some indigenous trees I see, and I want to know what it is. They don't know. They don't know. They're not interested. They're not interested in nature anymore. They're not interested in, 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 in natural things. It's all synthetic today, and it's all um, um, no history, no heritage. If it belonged to your mom or your grandma and whatever, it's history there, in there. And those pieces you hardly have to look after. My house is full of antiques, Cape, um, um, Dutch, Chinese, whatever. And I hardly look at them because they are such old woods and they don't move so much anymore. But all these new woods that they have now. And, you know, uh, the famous Oregon pine that you see so much here in the Cape, supposedly, from floors. It's not Oregon. Sorry. It is ordinary SA pine that has now shrunk because wood shrinks in its width, not in its length. It moves, it shrinks in its width, and therefore um, the lines of the, the summer wood and the spring wood, okay, those are the circles you see in a trunk, right? And every circle is supposed to be um, a year's growth. Um, these have come together. The summer wood has been collapsing, and now these lines come very, very, very close to each other that you can see when you cut it, and, and which is a color uh, Oregon pine in, 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 in America, but that's a different species altogether. That's a pine that grows so slowly. Here, the pine just rockets, goes up and very quickly, and they cut them, and then they are immature. So later, they, they turn greenish. When your finish is greenish, you know it's an immature tree. So don't touch that. And, and then, yeah, yeah, but it has been, it's been uh, um, um, dipped into wood and what and what, some synthetic thing to make it shrink. But all that is not natural in the plant's, in the plant's uh, um, um, structure. So important is that restoration should be reversible and that all our restorations are reversible because we've used blues, um, colors, everything we make ourselves and they all are natural from plants. So those colors, I mean, in principle, if you want a mahogany uh, uh, color, you want to stain mahogany, then you have to make little chips of mahogany chips and boil it and boil it and simmer it and simmer it till there's very little, little water left in it. And then you get a beautiful color, that's natural. So that piece of wood that is stained with that stain is going to fade with the rest of the wood mm. in the same way. But if it's synthetic, even your synthetic glues and veneers and all that, it will stay as it was stained before, but the rest of the wood around it, around that, that wound that you made, is going to fade naturally in the sun and in uh, ultraviolet. But the restoration you did is going to be sharp, sharp, sharp color. So you easily see that. But we don't look. I can put a chair in front of you while we're talking. And afterwards, after 10 minutes or half an hour, you've been looking at the chair while you look listening to me. Um, you wouldn't be able to describe the, wood, the, the chair to me because you don't really look at the legs. You don't really look at everything in that chair. The pattern of the wood, all that, so important. It is really the uh, restoration, conservation, maintenance is really an art. It's important. The more restoration on a piece, the less it's, 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 it's value. 
So our restorations you don't see because we use the same goods, we use everything the same. If I have to make a new leg on a chair, I'll have to see what what wood is what what the chair is made of, and then I have to take a piece of wood that is as old as the chair. Because if I glue that, I'm just talking simple now, if I glue that on, on my chair, that is going to shrink more than the old chair, the mm -hmm. wood surrounding it. So it's going to come loose. Amazing. Yeah. It's actually just simple. Well, it's really very, very simple. But um, talking, about the, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, talking about the courses, um, yeah. if people uh, uh, phone me or email me, and say, I want a course on this, that, and the other. If I've got 10 people, I'll give it. It's not expensive. Um, just yeah. another question. Besides the courses and the restoration, do you also trade in furniture? Can people buy, also... buy items from you? Do you sell buy? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. Des de uh, definitely not, because um, um, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm a handyman, or a handyman, I'm a, a restorer. So okay. I restore pieces, but I don't buy and sell. Okay, interesting. Emika, if somebody, can you give us your website address and your details so that people can jot that down? Or we'll also put it in the links. Yes. Um, the number one, um, uh, my, my email is antiques, A-N-T-I-Q-U-E-S, don't forget the S at the back, antiques at mweb.co.za. Okay. Our telephone is, wait, okay, our website is www.studioantiques.co.za. Okay, studioantiques.co.za. Yes, and your yeah. telephone number? Yeah, 021-855-1384. Okay, that's awesome. Emika, you obviously love furniture and your passion is unbelievable for this subject. But I have to ask you something else. Are you a wine lover? I love wine, yes. So um, I, I have to ask everybody this and I didn't prepare you for this question. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. But I'm asking everybody in your podcast to either tell us about their favorite wine or give us their favorite wine quote, if you have one. <laughs> Yes, I'm a wine uh, lover. Mm -hmm. um, I love uh, Tokara. Oh, my word, yes. I love Tokara. I love uh, um, uh, Lamotte. Lamot. Okay. I love, um, oh, I can mention so many. Um, just name me a couple and I'll say yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Oh, let, me, let me tell you this. You, you must love the view from Tokara up there. Yes, yes. That's why I'm in South Africa, not in Flat Holland. <laughs> do, you, do you cycle in the mountains? No, I don't cycle anymore. I'm 78. Well, that's, you're still a youngster. How do you mean? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get up the hill, Will. <laughs> can I give you my, my cell phone number or you Sally? Give, yes, you can give us all your numbers as much as you like. And like I said, we'll put all the numbers in the description as well. But but the more information you you give the better, you know, it's for people to contact you. Yes, please give it. Okay, um, it's 082-789-5343. And then you get hold of Sally. Sally. I'm and... the restorer. She is, she is everything in the company. Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. 
Emeka, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Um, um, it, it's so interesting. Um, thank you for spending the time. And um, uh, yeah, I'd love to uh, speak to you again in future. Thank you. I think okay. our listeners will find We will, will. And thank you for uh, having invited me. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Thanks again for supporting About the Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on our social media channels. All details and links are in the description.